So I already know I'm going to have a hard time waking up tomorrow, but it is what it is. So I've been trying to paint a picture that helps us understand what's going on with the black community in terms of the collective, right? And I've used the analogy of if you were to look at the black community as the body and my role and how I analyze and I take what you're feeding me and I digest it and I take what serves me and I apply it as nutrients and it makes me stronger, you know, stronger teeth, stronger bones, healthier hair, smoother skin, better digestive health, right? And then I poop out the rest. But what kind of struck me is our conversations about the bad things that are happening in the community and people have different approaches it could be from one approach which can which can seem extreme to other people and then the other one is turning a blind eye but an excellent ana- analogy too is and I, I was watching um i don't really it's not going to be important to this conversation but i was watching a panel and they were talking about the black community and i've talked a little bit about how how do you figure out where you fit in and this this imagery really helped me because i understand that um i grew up a certain way had certain privileges i understand that even 12 months from now i'm going to be kind of a little bit more even more comfortable and happy and like definitely on on luxury lifestyle and so I'm grappling with, you know, to what degree do I just leave that, leave that? And what do I have? What do I say to the people who say, well, you don't know anything about our struggles because you didn't have, you know, this type of, of background and this is not the lifestyle you're living. So I want us to look at the medical field, right? And how silly would it be for a doctor to say, you know, you you have different specialties. You have um, cancer specialists, cardiologists. You have people who deal with, like, even with dentists, right? Um, optometrists. How silly would it be for that doctor to say, well, um, my wife and kids don't have diabetes. My wife and kids don't have a high cholesterol. My kids don't have gout they don't have um did I mention higher low blood pressure they um you know I provide three meals for them they they're perfectly fine how silly would that be if they came into the office and you're saying doctor you know I have a pain in my side or I've been feeling tired lately or I have pain or I'm not feeling my optimal and then they look at you and they say, well, you know what, my, my, uh, for me, my husband is a six foot five, muscular, perfect cholesterol, perfect blood condition. You know, my kids are healthy. They're doing well in school. Um, and they don't have any pain in their bodies or anything. So I don't know what your problem is, but you know, we don't have a problem in my household. Now, mind you, you have the ability to see that this person's in pain. You specialize in it, right? But we do that 
but we do that in the black community. So what will happen is, you know, I've talked about how I understand I have some privileges. Like I am very blessed to um, have had a two parent home. And considering my dad didn't have a dad growing up, you know, his dad passed away when he was two years old, was a fishing accident. And so it has been interesting to see how much he loves my mom. When I tell y'all, it's even to the point before they went on their vacation trip, me and my mom kind of got into a little squabble. But this is what we do. We put the fun in dysfunction, right? So me and my mom started bickering with each other. And so here comes my dad and he's taking her aside. And it's funny, too, because I have my moments, too, where I am a girl dad. He is a girl dad. And that type of thing. But <laughs> it was one of those days. And then he knows how I am too. So he'll be like trying to, you know, make us go to our separate corners. And he's like, some people, you know, just need to learn to communicate better. And I'm like, who's people? Who's people? If you're trying to say people and you're talking about me, then you better use my name. Because I am not no people. And then he will go back around and still do it. Like, I'm telling y'all, we're kind of petty. <laughs> but my dad loves my mom very much. And... Throughout everything, raising the four kids and going into retirement and all that type of stuff. I understand that it's been a privilege to to be able to even get to be able to bond with him, too. I talked a little bit about how even though he was in the home, because he worked so much, he would come home and he would tired. So a lot of the bonding and important conversations that we have wasn't until you know we were adults and until he got to retire and then now he's handing me the phone you know my uh, my mom wouldn't be at home and so he'd pick up the phone and it would just be crickets like um well mom's not there no and I remember like it happened three times and my mom was like y'all need to have a conversation with each other and ever since then we've been like the best friends that some of my best memories I was talking to this guy I met today and he's from Texas and um, happened to just be out in the area. And so we were talking for a couple hours, but we were talking about investing and trading and um, different types of stock stuff. And I said, one of the most fun memories I have with my dad was he had bought this huge monitor. It's like humongous. And um, so we would what we would do is we would compare our trades and it's almost like watching a football game. So we would decide, like, he would decide, like, and, and our favorite is Tesla. Like, our favorite is the t- it's a trade Tesla. My mom was in on it, too. Like, she got her shares of Tesla and Apple. And, yeah, she's she's in her own little thing, too. But so we would, this was when we used to be getting in and out of trades. And so I would wait until it hit a certain point, And I have my different algorithms and stuff on my phone that I'm going by. And so we would get in and then it's like he would decide when he wants to tap out, you know, and when I hit my profit and type of thing. So we're like, oh, no, it's going down. Get out. And he would stay in a little bit more and then it would go right back up and he'd get profit or vice versa. And it was so much fun, you know, like just having that that uh, father daughter moment and stuff like that. But how silly would it be for me to say, well, I have a perfect father, you know, and I'm not married, but I don't think it would be, I'm realizing more that, like, let's say, because, 
let's keep it 100. You can't get within six feet of me right now. I'm, I'm sorry, not sorry, but it's just the space I'm in. Um, but if I were to have a black boyfriend or a black uh, husband, I don't think it's fair for me to say, well, because my husband is a, and I see, I actually see some really cute couples on um, YouTube. I promise you it is when you think about uh, happily, happy family, they are definitely it. Um, And so Does you and I having a, you know, um, positive role model as a father or a loving, supporting husband, does it negate the fact that the collective are suffering? You know, and I've done the podcasts and shown the news clips and I'm working on, on you know, transitioning and kind of learning how to deal with it. And, and uh, the space I'm in right now is learning how to have foresight and have a plan of action, right? And pay attention to what I'm feeding my mind. But when I was watching this panel too, what st- stood out to me is it was easy for you to finger point and say, well, you don't like black men. And, you know, um, one of the guys was saying, well, I'm a good father. I love my wife. My wife is black. I take care of my kids. I, I hire people. I work with the black community. I've written books. I'm not going to take that away from you. I'm not. Okay. But I think what I'm trying to say is when you start to make it seem like you are the exception to the rule, now we're majoring in minors. Because that's not the reality, right? It's it's not. So if if you're going to say all of that, then we're not addressing the people that are out here like in Memphis on that shooting spree. And like that, you know, um, in Memphis, they're talking about the, the jogger that was abducted and met her demise. We're not talking about the 11 other people in that 30 days that are still that that died there have been a hundred murders in memphis up until this point time i'm recording this is september 8th or 9th of 2022 right so in many ways we have we're like physicians and we have the tools and we understand that there's um dysfunction and there's disease and or things that are not right but that's you Especially, and I think that when you're on these panels, it's kind of like we have to be able to address what's happening with the community at large. And we have to accept that we are blessed with these platforms where we can make the difference for the collective, right? So here I am at my whole grown age. I have a podcast. I was able to, you know, love a little, laugh a little go to school, experience ups and downs of life at my big big old grown age. But guess who didn't, right? Kendall Doyle, right? That's a little baby girl. I have my two voices that I I really, you know, the disparity and my, and Grayson Gray, 
that was killed at six months. And um, Kendall Doyle, uh, two days in, she was two days in and her father shot and killed her mom and threw her into the river two days old. Right. So it's one of those things like I don't want us to play these type of games where it's kind of like, oh, well, I have a perfect father. It doesn't mean I hate black men. There's something wrong with the community. Okay. And if I have the platform for it and I can make a difference, then you start to say, well, where is the lie? You know, okay, so you're an author, you are married to a black woman. And the funny thing is, it might, if you know, you know, but it was funny because it was two black men on there. If you, and if you know which one, which panel I'm talking about, then it is what it is. But Umar's on there, he's not married. So what's your, what's your talking points with him? And so, but then it's no point in you kind of trying to point out to, well, you're single and you hate black men. No, let's talk about the collective. Let's talk about the bigger things. And this is kind of the same MO. We start to point fingers and we're not addressing the issue. So it's kind of stuff like, um, again, let's use that hospital um, type of thing, right? So you come in and you have some type of pain and the doctor says, you know, you say, I have pain. And, and so the doctor says, well, I see that you have pain, but let me tell you who really has pain. The patient I just met, you know, uh, my, my previous appointment is a white man and he has way, he has stage four cancer. So I know you have some pain in your side and you're concerned and you might have, you know, some lumps or some type of thing, but you know, and so we're doing that the same thing, too, when we say, well, oh, they're just angry at Bill Cosby because, you know, all this other stuff. Now, mind you, he's a whole married man with children. Right. But it's like, well, Harvey Weinstein gets to do this stuff. And um, Elvis Presley does gets to do this stuff. And Woody Allen gets to be a pervert. And Epstein gets to be a pervert and Robert Kraft gets to be a pervert and white men do this all the time and they don't get severe consequences. Like when you start to look at it through those lens, now you start to see how silly we really look because it's the same thing as you coming in as a quote unquote black man and saying, um, I have pain here. And it's kind of like, no, 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 you don't have pain. White men really have pain because they have stage four cancer, you know, um, so then therefore it's like, no, white men are out here, you know, um, violating women, black men are out here violating women, Hispanic culture is out here violating women, um, Indian culture is out here violating women, like Africa, you have them, you see what they're doing with their women, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, Brazil, Colombia, A. Everybody, right? Everyone has their culture, have their cultural, even regardless of the region that they're doing stuff, right? So we can play games if we want to, right? We can play games if we want to, but that's how it's starting to look. It's kind of like either they're going to say, well, you don't have pain because my family doesn't have pain. I don't have pain. So we're not dealing with the issue or we say, well, 
yeah, you're bad, but you're not as bad. You know, yeah, you broke a bone. But let me tell you, the previous person who came in has broken all their rib cages. And it's kind of like, well, let's deal with, with the situation at hand. Let's deal with this body. Let's deal with the with what's going on in the black community, right? And, and it can sound a little bit selfish, right? Because But at the same time, I know how to stay in my own lane. It would be kind of silly for me to try to say, I, I am around a lot of white people. And y'all, I do be getting my chuckles. Like, I be talking with them. And, and for the most part, I grew up with them. I worked with a lot of them. I still, the, the places that I'm in right now, it just is what it is. They, they kind of do gravitate towards me. It just is what it is. But um, I'm not going to try to pretend and try to tell them what happens in their families or their household I can observe observe from a diff from a distance you know but I one thing I do know is I know what it's like to grow up in a in a black home I know what it's like to be in a black culture where you have you know even the imprints of um black religion and I know um enough to know that I've been in the culture long enough all my life to to understand the talking points about, you know, like black power, black love, um, you know, social wanting to be like part of the social justice and talking about racism and oppression. One of my favorite words that came out of that was like oppression Olympics. Right. And then I'm going to close out with this was a discussion about oppression Olympics and um, victim We've been talking a little bit for the last week or so. The curriculum, children, what's on the syllabus, okay? Uh, for this quarter, we're in, the, we're in the third quarter of the year. And so we've been talking a little bit about victim consciousness and um, just kind of dealing with with that so with that being said it's almost 12 yes 12 15 and i lost my train of thought so i'm gonna just log off but i just wanted to use that analogy um and with that being said yeah all right until the next podcast bye i better not come on here because it is in the wee hours i have to be up at eight in the morning i need to get my beauty sleep i have places to go people to see um things to do and hmm. <laughs> I better not come back on here tonight. So I will see you in the morning. I would like to start off tomorrow tomorrow morning reading from um, Daily Laws by Robert Greene. And I see myself doing that on a more regular basis. So you're welcome to join me. Because one thing for sure, I don't plan to stay in, in the negative frequency too much. And I, I think that even if we kind of share with each other other resources, it's going to help us kind of pivot a little bit better and a little bit quicker and a little bit faster, right? So I'm on the tail end of just flushing out my last thoughts on victim consciousness and what's going on with the black community. But we are pivoting, darling. We are pivoting beloved we are pivoting my loves to something greater we're gonna finish this this year and the fourth quarter strong stronger than we've ever been before and coincidentally going into the winter but i 
Listen, when you talk about laughing about the winter, I intend to get my seven giggles in, right? I'm going to just be able to kiki and laugh about some things. And I that's what I'm planning for. Um, that is the future self that I'm talking to. And um, that's what I'm envisioning for myself. And even when I've come out of... Uh, y'all know I started off the podcast wanting to talk about thinking that I was going to be, you know, in a relationship with the love of my life, da, 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 and documenting us going to Starbucks and doing all this type of stuff and going to museums and traveling and falling in love and all this type of stuff. And it didn't work out that way. But um, you start to hear as time progresses that happiness in my voice. And I want to envision like December um, because there's still a different kind of intonation to my voice where it's still concern, there's still lack, there's still um, uncertainty, doubt, fears. Um, and so I want to to hear myself in in December of 2022 on a much lighter frequency, on a higher frequency, on a frequency that where I am... A thousand times um, removed from the victim consciousness and um, not engaging with these stories anymore and more focused on how to, to turn things around so that more people are becoming wealthy like me, that more people are having a healthier mindset like me, that more people are, are working on their body and their physique like me um and it's going to be interesting because as we start to talk more about our health and our fitness going into december now we're dealing with you know um how to deal with all of the sugar that we're taking in starting with halloween and thanksgiving and christmas and holidays and paying attention to how do we still get our workouts in what are some resources that we can use you know um i came across some really great people that you can work out at home you don't like to to get out when it's cold and rainy, you know, things that you can do at home, paying attention to some healthy meats, meals and comfort foods that we can eat that are high in um, fiber and protein and antioxidants, right? Uh, One of the things that we learned, because I am pivoting a little bit here too, is um, eat local and eat seasonal. So, We've been eating a lot of fruits and vegetables this summer, um, but as we go into what are healthy comfort foods, you know, um, how do we prepare them and stay warm and feel satiated and and uh, what does that look like? So I, like I said, I'm intent on having a very healthy relationship with myself and others and with my finances and with my body and you're welcome to join me so y'all i need to go to sleep <laughs> it's 12:21 um until the next podcast bye <laughs>